Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast, episode 11-2. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernil. And every week we bring you the best in video game music. Well, no, 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 don't say the best. Don't we bring, Don't put that hubris on us. Don't, don't put that on us. We bring we, our favorites. We bring adequate jams that we hope you enjoy during your off time. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that we... I hope that we... Uh, that we bring joy to your daily commute, to um, to your work day, to your you should be in school, but you're just listening to our show. Your bar mitzvah. Yeah, we're we're available for weddings <laughs> and soirees. I love soirees. Yeah, absolutely. Such a cool word. It's got two e's <laughs> in it. <laughs> so we thought um, uh, this week we would reach out to um, another musical artist to have on the show with with um, as much passion and and uh, knowledge and just enthusiasm um, for music composed for video games. On the show, we have Masochist. Hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How you guys doing? Great, great. You know, okay, I guess. <laughs> okay. You know, I was like, all right. He's all right. <laughs> um, so yeah, but th- thanks for coming on. And um, I discovered you through a a compilation called Chip Tunes Win, or one of those compilations, and I could tell that it had a bit of an influence of, of video game music, obviously Definitely. on the Chip Tunes album. And then um, going on SoundCloud, I found some like some 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 remixes and some sort of arrangements that you did of yourself. So can you maybe tell us a little bit about your music and maybe some of your influences? Sure, sure. Well, uh, again, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, the song that you were talking about, uh, Storm Dancers, was yeah. on. The Chiptunes Equals Win, uh, Volume 6, I believe it is now. Mm-hmm. And um, great compilation, ton of killer artists. And uh, me personally, um, I started about five years ago, uh, dabbled into, uh, I discovered Chiptune through, I think it was 8-Bit X Radio, and then I stumbled upon Chiptunes Equals Win. And um, I like to dabble in everything. I like hip hop. I'll do hip hop, you know, just beats. I'll sample video game stuff, uh, you know, video game music, yeah. or just uh, compose originals. So I kind of, you know, whatever I'm feeling at the moment is kind of what I'll do. But it's usually, you know, rooted in electronic chip tune, hip hop type stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like a lot of that sound is, is like sort of like on that synthwave like tip, but like definitely sure. with a hip hop influence, which is really fun fun to hear. Yes, definitely. Uh, cool. What would you say is, from like actually the game's perspective, like what would you say is the game style or genre that most, I guess, inspires the type of sound you go for? Like type of game you want it to be played in or played over? Oh, man. You know, honestly, I always have this weird, like when I'll be working on stuff, I'll have thoughts of like space type you know yeah. like a space game or like <laughs> yeah. kind of like an action adventure type deal I, yeah. I i use a lot of effects on what i do so i'm always thinking like space themed kind of stuff so you know maybe something like like an action adventure game or you know something like that but you know again it all depends on the mood or you know i might just want to do something more chill or you know just just depends where i'm at at the moment so but yeah usually cut that kind of a deal yeah like like you get the sense of adventure or something like dangerous uh, yeah, definitely. You don't have like the sense of like an edutainment type game. Maybe a uh, uh, learning numbers, <laughs> action adventure. <Yeah>. To learn. <laughs> no exactly. one ever answers that way, and I'm waiting for that. 
<laughs> what do you do? I'm a librarian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I, I was inspired by the classic number munchers, and I just yes. felt as though I wanted to bring it up to present day era. I was always lamenting the fact that number munchers lacked music, and I wanted to change that. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it is missing a pretty good soundtrack. So um, we uh, asked you for um, suggestions on topics and mm-hmm. just so happens that you picked something that we were just talking about already oh yeah and that is brawlers so um, what 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 led you to uh, beat em ups and brawlers in the first place oh uh, man it's just those are games that I, I gravitated to as a kid and you know I, I had a I've got two younger brothers and I grew up with um, our middle one he's like four years younger than me so we were always playing video games together so we always had like you know streets of rage in the house and obviously the ones that i picked uh uh, ninja warriors um it's just you know everything that was in the arcade at the time the Mm -hmm. simpsons x-men they were all like the same style but like just different characters and i didn't care i loved them so much so it just kind of reminded me of my childhood and i was like oh let me see if these guys are feeling that as well oh yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, i yeah. gotta ask though i gotta ask were you the one that stole the chicken i would never steal a chicken you would never steal the chicken i didn't know i was the guy in my family that stole the chicken <laughs> oh oh st- i mean okay the item yeah in the game like, what game are you talking about <laughs> jesus steal the chicken man it feels like like brawlers always had like the same staples like turtles was pizza but yes. then you got to like the final fights, the streets of rage, and I was like the high, the high healing. I was always like some form of meat product. Like final fight was like a giant roast, <laughs> and then streets of rage it was like a, a full, like a chicken leg, and they became a full chicken. Yeah, yeah. Just picture <laughs> these characters on the street like punching guys, and like, oh, I'm getting real weak. <laughs> oh, a whole roast chicken starts showing. <laughs> it was so weird. I think it depended on like my mood. You know, like usually I was playing with my brother, and we'd be like, if we were in a good mood. I'd be like, dude, you get the chicken. You need it. But if we were like, you know, like kind of being jerks to each other, I was like, nope, that's mine. I'll yeah. just take it. Not even, you know, like, so, you know, <laughs> depends who you're playing with. That is oh, true. I, love it. I would also say, <laughs> I, I sound like I'll probably suck a jerk for this, but there have also been times where we would be playing together and you get to that boss, you know, every time you get to a boss, they give you a chicken for each player. And as you're playing through the fight, you notice that one of you is running through beatdowns much faster than the other. Yeah. So you're like, you know what? No, I'm going to be more likely to beat this guy, so I'm eating both birds. <laughs> you can hide in the corner because you're losing it. And hold me back. That's great. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that was always a big thing in, like, Battletoads, you know? Because any game where you can actually hit each other, too. Well, first of all, Battletoads brings infinite sorrow to all timelines of dimensions. Oh, so, I, gosh. Game gets a bad rap. For good reason. Yeah. It's a terrible rap. <laughs> <laughs> it raps poorly. <laughs> it poorly. Right, so. I feel like that's a game that I did better when I was younger at Battletoads, and I go back now and I'm like, man, I am so bad at this. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because I'm old now or what, but, uh, but back in the day, hard. Battletoads was the jam, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk more about Battletoads after on the next break, though, because I got some stuff for that. Yeah, yeah. Let's, go, let's get into some music. So... Um, you brought some tracks. So, what is your your first pick for uh, the night? Um, I guess I'll go with uh, the. I mean, I don't know how obscure it is, but for me, it, it seemed like it was kind of obscurish. Uh, Ninja Warriors uh, mm. skyscraper. Yeah, this one I only know actually because of the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, this was a game that we had as as kids, and and 
you know, I grew up loving the game and I was like, you know what, let me pick something that I, I truly, truly like. So, and this song in particular, I mean, you know, they were all named after parts of the stage or whatever. Yeah, so it was like yeah. skyscraper building or whatever. But I, something about this, this track, I, I really dig. I like the, the chord changes and the, actually the production is pretty good on yeah. it. So very, very good. Like this, this, yeah. this, this game is super tight. So let's check this one out. This is for the Super Nintendo Ninja, the Ninja Warriors composed by Hiroyuki Iwatsuki. You are listening to the song Skyscraper from the Ninja Warriors for the Super Nintendo, composed by Hiroyuki Iwatsuki. And I can totally hear what you were talking about with those chord changes as, as they were going on. They're, it's really progressive, and I feel like the production, the sound sound quality for this for a Super Nintendo game is really good. Oh yeah, no, it's it's crazy, and and you know, in my opinion, I always leaned more towards the genesis as far as like the sound and music and stuff mm -hmm. but this one it i don't know they just the, the composer killed it on this one and you know overall the production the like you said the chords and stuff it's jams i dig it's it super jam yeah the uh, the yeah. solo the solo is like the kind of solo you could just listen to and listen to yeah <laughs> yep i feel like the chord ball over here because as i'm listening to the track my first instinct my first instinctive thought was to say wow it sounds like a skyscraper theme yeah, but they make it clear that she wants you to realize that it's a ninja. Yes, look at the on the skyscraper. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't yep. no carpenter. This isn't a construction worker running around this bad boy. Oh no. Yeah, it's almost. Yeah, it does. It is kind of like. Um, I feel like like the, the the chords are almost like orchestra hits. So it is still kind of like got that like that city urban kind of style to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I will say, I don't. I know this game is definitely on the obscure side. I agree with you, but I think I do know what you're talking about. It, I, my memory of it is very vague, but it's 2D, but it's not multi-plane. Like it's specifically side-scrolling, like, kind of altered beats like. And mm -hmm. like, I know one of the ninjas has like a red outfit, and you can choose between different ones. It's more than one ninja you can play as. Yeah, I think it was like three. There was two guys, one girl, and I believe, yeah, one of them was red. So you're probably thinking of the same game, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So we're, all, we're all on the same page here. We're, we're, we're there. Yeah. So ninja, ninjas, you get a lot of ninjas and beat-em-ups. Mm-hmm. So yep. this is an even-numbered episode, so I'm, I'm going first. Between us two. 
There better be some ninjas in this track. What do you think? Sadly, no. <laughs> no. There's no ninjas in any of my tracks, actually. I don't think. No. Um, so you were talking about how you like the Genesis sound a lot. And yes. I do, too. I'm an enormous fan of that, F- that Yamaha FM synth in the, uh, the Sega Genesis. So I am going with um, another kind of rare game. This is Golden Axe 3. And this is Stage 2A, The Ancient Mound for the Sega Genesis composed by Neofumi Hataya and Tatsuyuki Maeda. And this is a jam too. Stage 2A, The Ancient Mound, from Golden Axe 3 for the Sega Genesis, composed by Neofumi Hitaya and Tatsuyuki Maeda. And I, I love, it's got like this almost bluesy, kind of jazzy sound, but then it's got like that that solo that's like the, the, the high fantasy Golden Axe-like kind of thing. I feel weird to this right yeah. now. Like, because I've... This, first of all, just to get it out of the way, this track is legit. Like, oh, I it's did not so, expect oh, what I got. Yeah, this is a dope track. And that lends me to dope. wonder, have I never played... <laughs> Yo, you! <laughs> it leads me to wonder if I've ever even played the third game, because when I when you mentioned Golden Axe, I was expecting a very specific type of sound. Yeah, yeah. Because Golden Axe 1 and 2, which I know I've played, have that sound. It's very, like, old world, like, like Dark Ages type of, like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. This sounds. This has. This has more rhythm to yeah, it. This yeah. has some. Now, this feels a, good. A lot of the other soundtrack is like that kind of like fantasy, kind of like almost atmospheric type sound. Mm-hmm. But not this stage. Stage two A. It goes off to the club. <laughs> That's what it does. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It sounds like they got like all the characters from the game and made like kind of like a hip hoppy video and yeah. just threw them in there with the same graphics. I mean, it's. The song is jams, man. Good, good, good choice. Super jam. Yeah, I like how the um, uh, the tempo like kind of like speeds up, like it doubles. Yeah, up. it's like it gets super emotional, and then it just comes right back. And I love it when there's a really good loop that doesn't like resolve and just start over. That like it just, just like the chord just kind of keeps going on to the next piece. Just Definitely. sitting in the club yeah. with all your gnome friends. <laughs> and then you take a trip to the bathroom. When you come back, they stole all your drinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you have any? Uh, do you have any Golden Axe memories? 
Um, yeah, I used to, um, uh, I used to live in New Jersey and there was a restaurant kind of down the street from our house and they had the first Golden Axe yeah. arcade, um, game and, and we would just go there and my brother and I would just like dump quarters in it and, and <laughs> I just, I remember exactly what it looks like and I mean, yeah, it was, yeah. I loved that game. Yeah. Such a classic game. You, you would see that machine like everywhere. That was super popular. That, that has a really good soundtrack too, but... Um, I liked how you get like the animals, right? You can get like the you can ride like a bear or a dragon. Yeah. Favorite, one, else? favorite one was the chicken with the spiked tail. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember that thing. <laughs> they would like swing around. Yeah, it's like oh, so weird. And you can sometimes do the running dash, and it just seemed especially hilarious when you were running on the top of a giant chicken bird and like slamming into like giant ogreman. <laughs> like you better step back. I got a chicken. He doesn't mess around. I tell you. <laughs> So would you say, like, since you brought up, you know, arcade brawlers, like, as opposed to console brawlers, can you think of any any interesting moments, like, any favorite games that really broke your fam- your parents' bank account <laughs> as you tried to plow through the end of it, for example? Any weird stories? Uh, yeah, I'd have to. I was just talking about this to my wife, actually, recently. Um, I forget what birthday it was. I was, like, maybe nine or ten, and there was a Pizza Hut that had... The Ninja Turtles um, arcade, and I, and that was all I, I wanted: pizza, and I wanted to play the game. So like, they had all my friends from school, and I mean, I can't, I have no idea how much money my parents dished out for that, but they they made it happen because we went to we beat the game, and it was you you know to beat that game, you're yeah. spending money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going really. through quarters. And yeah. when your parents were out of money, you went to beg other people's parents money exactly i used to um i used to go into the arcade and like wait for like the other kids to get like fur farther along and then jump in <laughs> and be like yeah i beat this game yeah <laughs> that was me with the simpsons arcade game well um, yeah. we played from the very first stage i ran out of money around like the third had to leave and come back imagine we're on the springfield bluffs didn't know how they got there but whatever having fun then went to dreamland ran out of money wrapped the dreamland Came back. They were in. Um, they were actually in a Kabuki castle. I don't know how the <laughs> yeah, Simpsons got there, game. but I'm jumping back in. I'm thinking I kind of plowed ahead, and then Mr. Burns took five dollars by himself. So, <laughs> well, yeah, man, Mr. Burns in that game is rough. I, we played that fairly recently at a at a barcade, um, and it was just intense. Just kept oh, taking man. them. I was like, I thought we were better than this. We're old. We're older now. Yeah, we're no. experienced. You need all four players for that game. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> all right. So you keep talking. What, what's what's your first track? All right. Then I'll save the other track for later. I'm going with this one for now. Mm-hmm. This track is from a game that I have interesting memories of, but it's weird about it. So I'm just going to go with the music itself and go from there. It's from an um classic PS1 game called Fighting Force, and the track is just titled Elevator to tie back onto what he said earlier about tracks with no dislocation based names yeah yeah and it's composed by anthony wielden
Welcome back. You are jamming out to the elevator from the name of the game, Fighting Force, composed by Anthony Wilden. And as you can probably tell from that sound, that sounds nothing like elevator music. And that's a good thing from this perspective, <laughs> because I don't think I could do elevator music in a beat-em-up in that regard. But a lot of beat-em-ups have like that elevator stage where it's like the never-ending elevator going somewhere, <laughs> and, like waves of dudes coming at you. It's like, how is this building so tall? Actually, I think there's an elevator stage in the Simpsons arcade game, too. No, there is, there is. Going into Moe's Bar. Yeah. Take the elevator from the cemetery to the bar because <laughs> apparently that's how that works now. But, but no, uh, so remind me of Fighting Force. So this is so an early PS1 game? I don't want to say early. Let's say uh, second tier out of five time fragments of, of the PS1's you know? lifespan of game. Wait, 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 wait. Let's go back. Let's go back. Fragment two of five. How are you dividing the uh, uh, this time frame of the PlayStation generation? I just randomly decided to slice it into fifths and just hoped for the best. Oh, it's hard to say. I just know that this, I would say this came out around the time, maybe a little after Tomb Raider 1 did. Okay. Um, it was an experimental game in that it was, if I'm not, I may be wrong here, someone correct me, but it was the first attempt at a 3D, like, running 360-degree circle brawler. Okay, so not like, I'm thinking of, like, Dynamite Cop or, like, Die Hard Arcade. I believe this, I want to say as far as home consoles went, but, this was first. But that was, more, but that wasn't really 3D, like, running around. Yeah, like, they that were was, more like, like, still like, left and right. Yeah, that was, well, Die Hard Arcade, like you could do like, that. Like, like you could go up and down and stuff, but it was very slow and rigid. Like, yeah. like I'm not get wrong, I like Die Hard Arcade, but it was not fluid. It was more like kind of like hop stepping a little, and then yeah. you were kind of running in lanes. Um, but in this game, it was 100 percent 360 degree movement. You could run and just do circles and donuts in the parking lot if you wanted to. And I also, if I remember correctly, another element about this game was that sometimes weapons would just come from like environmental area elements of the environment. So let's say, for example, you were fighting some guys in the street who pulled up in a van, and you're looking for a weapon, and you see a railing across the street, you run over and kick the railing. Enough times you break the railing and take a piece of it up and start well, beating cool. the guy up. Yeah. So it was like, it's a really cool concept. The game had some issues. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't a perfect game. In fact, I think it got average reviews at best. But it was still the fact that they attempted it. And that what it did, if you just kind of let yourself get lost in it, it was still fun to play. A little bit long for my taste, but it was a fun game. Yeah, the, the artwork artwork looked familiar to me, but this game does not sound at all familiar. How, how about you, uh, Master? Yeah, same. Um, you know, I, I've seen the, the cover art a ton, but uh, I never played this one. Yeah. But, uh, man, if this is the song for the elevator... I don't know what, like, <laughs> that's like a pretty brutal elevator. <laughs> yeah, it's got a, a, a boss battle kind of feeling to it. I think it's that it, bass, that boom, 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 boom. And the beat, it's got a nice beat to it, too. It's, 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 just, it's, it's, it's a good track. Yeah, I was definitely, like, mining the memory banks to try to find some music, and I got to this guy and just kept going back, back, back. I was like, I think this is the one. <laughs> I keep listening to this. I got to stick with it. Wow, yeah. So now now we're getting into, um, like, beat-em-ups, like, kind of past the arcade age, or, like, the arcade's heyday. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting into, like, okay, beat-em-ups at home. Still want to play beat-em-ups, but they weren't... Uh, were they as popular... They, I don't think they were in the sense that arcades compared to home, I think people, for one, expected different types of stuff. Mm. Like if you played a game at home, once you got past the idea of, holy crap, it looked like the arcade, but it's in my house. Yeah. Once you get past that, 
people always expect more. Like, I'm paying $50 for this game. I need more than eight stages of a punch button. So, right. a lot of, I like a lot of people kind of didn't take to them as much as they oh, did in the that's arcade. funny, because in the arcade, you're still spending 50 bucks. Yeah, just you don't realize. It's a slow <laughs> yeah. crawl, and you also have the social element in the sense that you're playing with a bunch of yeah. most likely strangers. Right. And mm-hmm. it becomes this temporary moment of camaraderie where together, you will take down the Technodrome, or I don't know, Lieutenant Schmickums, or yes. whatever <laughs> game you're playing at the time. Funny you should say Technodromes. I think we're going to go around back to uh, Masochist. Okay. On to your second uh, pick. Cool. Yeah, this is um, Skull and Crossbones from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Hyperstone Heist yeah. on the Genesis version. Um, I, again, I had this one on the Genesis, didn't have it on the Super. I loved the graphics in the Super, but I loved the music better on the Genesis version. And for some reason, this track stuck out to me and of the of the uh, the entirety of the soundtrack. So. Yeah, this is this is this is really really good. I really I like it when like the gen, like I like the sound of the Genesis, but in the hands of a really capable uh, composer and programmer, like it oh yeah, it sings. It really really sings. It does definitely. All right, so um, this is for the Sega Genesis, composed by Masahiro Ikariko. You're listening to the Skull and Crossbones from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Hyperstone Heist for the Sega Genesis, composed by Masahiro Ikariko. This is cool. Oh, I do like this track. This a is lot. dynamic. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of layers to this song. You can hear like like a lot of like arpeggios and chords all at the same time, like running together. It's fun. I'm yeah, not- it's kind of chaotic and like it, the the funny thing is like most of the soundtrack. It seems like they would always try to incorporate the main theme of the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, they did. It's like, it's cool and kind of annoying at the same time. It's like, okay, I get it. I know what I'm playing. I get it. But I felt like they they didn't do it as much on this one. And this is the stage where they're like on the pirate ship. And, uh, you know, if you remember, like, they're like, you're fighting on the ship and then you hit the wood planks and it hits you in the face. And it doesn't sound to me like a pirate stage. And I kind of like that about it. I like that it's just like, Oh, we have this song. Oh, let's put it on the the, the pirate stage. <laughs> this is uh, a very that to me. I think that was a very like weird game in the sense that 
if I remember correctly, and I think it kind of fits because of what you said earlier, too. You made the comment where you said you had it on the Genesis, but not the Super, which leads into this. Like, I think Hyperstone Heist was made to be kind of like or darn near identical in gameplay to Turtles in Time. Like, maybe for some reason they couldn't get Turtles in Time on Genesis. It's like, hey, we can take the gameplay, oh, that's right. throw some, yeah. like, new, like, you know, paint over it. Like, you know, now we're on a ship well, and this stuff here. Tur- Turtles in Time was on the Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Yeah, it was originally arcade. Yeah. And then it hit SNES. And that was where it dropped. Like, it stayed there. But this game has, like, all the elements that that arcade game had and the SNES game had, but with the Genesis sound and uh, some retooled levels. Like, the pirate ship, if I remember correctly, there was no pirate ship. No, there was a pirate ship in um, in Turtles in Time. Never mind. So there you go. Even more so. But it's just interesting how they pulled that off because I played both of them. They're both ridiculously fun games. I think mm-hmm. they'd still be fun. Yeah, and it's also Konami, so it's still Konami. Maybe they just did, they wanted to do something different on the Genesis. Wanted to make yeah, that money yeah. what they wanted to do. And this shit accomplished. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm reading here. It, ha- it does have the same soundtrack as, as the uh, as the Super Nintendo. Oh, it did? Yeah. Ah! I'm all right. But, um, yeah, often it's funny, like, well, especially when they have the same soundtrack, it's really interesting to hear the differences and, like, uh, okay, uh, one of the biggest ones, right? So, Street Fighter Two. Oh yeah. Did you like the the Genesis soundtrack or the Super uh, Nintendo soundtrack? Because I know, I, you know, <laughs> I, I knew I had a strong opinion on that. I just don't remember which one. I have to go back and listen, but I see where you're going with this, though. Yeah, like, yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, I feel like uh, like whatever you had at home, and then you go to like a friend's house with a different system. It was like, oh, it's the same, but it's weird. I have the same feel feeling about Flashback. That's yeah, yeah. probably one of my all-time favorite games, at least for that era. And the music on the Genesis was, I was just used to it. Mm-hmm. And then playing it on the Super, it's like, what is this? Like, this isn't, what did they do? It sounds totally different. I just hate it. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. Yeah, no, I couldn't. Yeah. I, I was about to say, I, I got to get this out because I don't want to forget before we go into the song. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Because obviously we're talking about this topic. So, personality test time. It has to be done. Okay. Who was your favorite turtle? <laughs> Need to know. Oh, favorite turtle. Yes, right. Turtle. Oh, I, I know mine right off the bat. Yeah, yeah? Raphael. All right. Ah. All right. I, I don't know why. In a lot of games, he was the weakest, but I just... He was always my favorite turtle, so I would just—I I was loyal, stuck with Raphael. I like that. I like that. He had that—he had that wit. He was <laughs> the that. wit man. I was a—I was, yeah. Don, was a Donatello. Okay. Yeah, I like—I like the—I like the big bow staff. I like the brainy guy. One thing I always find funny is that I don't know if you guys had this case, but most people I come across as kids, if you ask them, everybody liked Michelangelo. Oh, he was the guy. He's the party dude. He, he brought, was the party yeah. dude. He brought the party, yeah. Everybody grew up. And it was like, <laughs> and everybody Michael grew Angelo up. was the liability. Like, no. <laughs> Everybody's trying to get stuff done, and Michael Angelo's talking about peace all the time. <laughs> like, every, they get in the, in the turtle van, and they're like, uh, someone get the keys from Michelangelo. <laughs> yeah, he's been drinking. He had way too much pizza for lunch. He's a little, he might pass out the wheel here. We need, some, we need a more responsible driver at the all wheel. Right. And I think He's, mine is, it used to be Donatello, okay. but I think in the end it ended up becoming Leonardo, because yeah. ultimately the Turtles had very colorful personalities and ways of doing things, and Leonardo was always the one saddled with responsibility. Like, he couldn't even be his own man. He was pretty much like, well, 
Donatello needs help with his machinery, but Michelangelo's playing his music too loud, so I gotta <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> Raphael's making fun of both of them. Why is he such a jerk? That's great. Master Splinter's coming down hard on me. We, we, we took out far less foot soldiers last week than we did the week before. The quota is down. Like, it just gets rough for that poor guy. You're like, it's like, what do you want? What do you want out of life, Leonardo? He's like, I want a nap. I want eight uh, hours of sleep. That was his thing back then. <laughs> okay. Okay. Before before we get to the next topic of which turtle had the best chance with April O'Neil, Leonardo. Let's get on. <laughs> we can headcanon the rest of this, but let's uh, let's get on to the next track. So we were talking about um, beat 'em ups past the arcades past the home systems. Now we're talking about the resurgence. We're seeing more um, indie developers with a passion for these types of games, and they see that people want to keep playing these types of games. But maybe different styles, maybe a little grittier. So um, I went with a, a newer one. I think it came out a year or two ago. This is called Mother Russia Bleeds. Right. Have you heard of this one? It sounds no. very familiar. I was about to take a guess. It was either that one or one other game whose name is eluding. Yeah. But Mother Russia was definitely It open. is super dark, super violent. Um, this is like you're, you're in this weird Russian prison, and you have these drugs that you pump into your body to make yourself stronger. And then you start, I think you actually hurt yourself by taking the drugs. So are you Bane? Yeah, it's sort of like that. It's, it's really crazy. Um, but it's got an amazing, amazing soundtrack by a French synthwave group called Fixions. Or Fissions, I guess. Um, and this is Mother Russia Bleeds. I believe it's just on Steam. And the track is called Helmets. Helmets. Helmets, yeah. So dig it. <laughs>
That is Helmets from the group Fixions for the game Mother Russia Bleeds. Find that on Steam. So it's pretty heavy. I like the fact that we are we were a collective trio of head bobbers over here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This is good stuff. I love that sound. We did a whole episode on just like driving music and I was like finding like classic 80s like Genesis style like synthwave music and and um and a lot of feel like this sound is getting like really popular again and it's just really cool but this is like a sinister side to it though it's like it's not just like it's not as like chill and easygoing <laughs> well it's music you can take it to the kremlin too i mean it just has to work this is this is music for busting heads i think at the end there where like it kind of filters out and then like it's really heavy i think that's i think that's like sections of the game where like you take the drug and it, and it buffs you up i think the music is dynamic and changes oh. with, the, with the game wow um it's really cool so it's got it does have a kind of like pixelated style so it's not like a clean um like 3d game but okay. it's but it is super super gritty very very bloody did you would you say it looked like it was entertaining enough to say oh yeah jump on to maybe do a co-op at some yeah i think so i think so yeah you and i should, should get on that all right like stream it or something um, yeah, uh, have you? Uh, are you into um, like newer like indie style games at all? Yeah, definitely. And I was actually thinking. Well, I was while we were listening to this, I was looking up the game, and I'm picking this up. I mean, this looks yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> looks really good. Yeah, um, another game that came to mind was probably a more obvious choice: Castle Crashers. Yeah, yeah. Um, when that first came out. I mean, you know, obviously different style, but I mean. I, I was just we went nuts with it. My oh. my wife, my brothers, we would all play together, and um, I love that there is a re, like you said a resurgence with a lot of the uh, indie developers on, on these style of games because they're great. That they're game great. is a sequel so badly. Oh, Castle Crashers, yeah, totally. Yeah. That, oh my god, what was the group that did that? They did Alien Hominid, right? A Behemoth, yeah. Like Behemoth, they, yeah. They did that re-release where they added the pink knight with the lollipop. Cause I think it was like a like a charity thing they did. Mm. They re-released it, and. While I was happy to get it back on a newer console, my brain was just like, been there, done that 50 times. Give me a sequel, please. I <laughs> exactly. want more. Yeah, that, was, that, that game was definitely like in my backup list. But mm. um, I really wanted to, to find some other stuff. Once I found that Golden Axe track, though, it was over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll just yeah. Have to save it. that for ups 3, Beat Hardest. Yeah. Oh, yeah, let's not. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what? Um, you know, we've already done an arcade beat em up episode and i think we, we played like a lot of final fight music on that one um, yeah, that was early that was like back in the beginning that was like last year <laughs> we took it to the streets with a rolling pin yes and that was fun it was a great tone very very cool um yeah so yeah we played castle crashers a lot there was there was a time i feel like there was like a time like within like two or three years maybe even just two years like right in the early years of the xbox 360 with castle crashers and games like that where everyone was just playing it was the xbox live era man like yeah. people can say whatever they want or maybe it's just me being an old fuddy-duddy i can't say which but <laughs> even though we've gotten more sophisticated with online networks between like xbox one and ps4 the Xbox 360's online era was the best. Like, people were always around. Good multiplayer online games were flowing. Yeah. Party chat ran like fine wine. <laughs> it was just the best time. I would beat heads in Bomberman. I mean, I guess... Uncontested. There's, like, <laughs> the having, like, really easy uh, um, multi multiplayer chat room, like, party chat type things. Yeah. Is a double-edged sword. I would go home and get home <laughs> from work. And just log on to Xbox, 
Maybe not even play a game. I would just log on yeah, and I'd jump see into you a on party there. channel. Like, hey, guys, what's your day like? And we'd just be talking about random nonsense. And maybe say, want to play some Bomberman or Castle Crashers or something? Man, I entered the Xbox 360's lifespan. I couldn't get one person to play Charlie Murder with me. It was insane, which, by the way, is a spectacular beat-em-up, and I regret not choosing Yeah, I was going to say, I, I totally expected you to play Charlie Murder. Oh, man. Yeah. Again, um, beat-em-ups three. It's got to happen. I think also, like, I think, and I agree with you on the Xbox Live comment, <laughs> that, that I mean, I have so many memories of different games we played and, and different experiences, and I think, and I'll tell me what you guys think, but wasn't that really the first system that kind of got it right like a lot mm -hmm. of other systems before they tried and oh. and it wasn't really all there and then xbox live just nailed it that's they, a good, i think yeah that's a good that point. might have like that's probably why we're kind of like you know what i mean we have those memories and stuff because it was like they they nailed it you know dreamcast tried nope other systems right. tried no and it was just like man halo you know you know whatever game you were playing at the time it was it was awesome Basically, Xbox, they filled in the, the missing pieces of the puzzle, and it was also at a time where internet connections were better, period. So, like, sure. so when we got to the 360, you had, you know, people had fiber optic in their homes for the most part, or at least cable internet, which was good enough. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Like, I think the, 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 the confluence of technology was, like, all right there. It like, was perfect it was timing. The perfect timing, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, 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 and it was right. This is, like, the first time they got it right. I think people were looking for it, and it just yeah. happened. Um, like remember they, there was like a live like quiz show that everyone logged one on one versus one hundred and played it yeah. yeah we we all would get on and play that thing together that was crazy it was great like that would never happen now honestly I bet it could it's just no one's taking the shot because I mean you figure I mean esports has become ridiculous now mm -hmm. I mean would it be that far fetched for them to say hey um, we're gonna have a viewing room quote unquote. Where people can kind of watch the game, right? You can take bets on favorite players, you know, just kind of talk. Well, about we do that on the side, but no. Uh, the Street, <laughs> this, this, uh, Street Fighter Five has has online tournaments and and of course like live tournaments that are being streamed through the system. So like when I go on to play, it says like, hey, there are events that are going on right now. Do you want to like check them out? I'm yeah. always like, no, I just want to beat up Brandos. <laughs> and that actually just got me thinking too. <laughs> one versus one hundred was good for his time, and I still play it today to be honest, but. We have the Jackbox Party Pack now with a ridiculous array of games on them. Mm -hmm. I still haven't played those yet. Oh, yeah. one day I have to bring it over because I have like one, two, and three at least. But uh, it kind of boggles my mind how that hasn't gone down that road yet. True, I mean, true. get a game set up. People can do it from their cell phone, so you can just, it's easy to prepare and just have a huge viewing room of people who do the same thing 1 versus 100 did. It'd be just genius. But I'm not the man making the big bucks in the studio, you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, we don't make a whole lot of money doing the podcast game, but we do it because we love the do it because we love game. it. All right, so your last track. All right, so first thing I want to say, water or sun? Oh, um, that's mm. a weird question. Is there for a reason? <laughs> I'll, I'll go for water. Okay, water. So I'm going to go with that. So the track, the game in question, and I'm going to talk about it in depth when we get back. Is a game called Fighting Rage. It came out this year. Dear Lord, it's wonderful. And the track that I picked for this game is called Immersion, and is composed by Gonzalo Varela.
Welcome back. You're listening to Immersion from the brawling beat-em-up fighting range composed by Gonzalo Varela. This track is superb in its execution and the way it is used within the game itself because the majority of the... Well, I'll explain the game in a bit, but the majority of the game's OST is very... It's got a variety, but it's mostly rock-based. But what ends up happening is there's a segment in the game where you're kind of overseeing the edge of a cliff. Guy knocks you off the cliff. And then you land on a raft in a dark tunnel. And the raft is going down a river. And guys are jumping onto the raft to try to knock you off. And you got to knock them off the raft instead. And as you're playing through this tunnel, it gets to a point if you're you know, you're good at, you're beating guys up at a steady rate. It gets to a point where that tempo change kicks in. And like 10 guys jump on the raft. And like, oh, crap. <laughs> you're just like yeah. them overboard. I came over last night and I was watching you play this. And it is like... There are so many enemies on the screen at one time. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. this game is all about crowd control. And for the record, I'm going to punt. This isn't a review show, but if you've never played this game and you like beat-em-ups and you have a Steam account on Windows, you need to buy it. Like, today, this is that good. Like, I, I've been addicted to it. So, but yeah, it's like, you might not be surprised to come across an area where you have, like, 20 guys on the screen at one time attacking you, and they all have different types of attack patterns. All of which are kind of inspired by like Spinal Fight, Streets of Rage. Like you have the guy that kind of the, the fat guy that charges at you. Right. You have the guy has an attack when he gets up off the ground. You have ninjas. You have Taekwondo crows. You have all these crazy enemies, and you have to manage all of them at once. And it gets to be chaotic. It's glorious, just glorious. And this soundtrack that goes along with it is just perfect. I like it. I like all the strings in it. Um... Wow, how, how do you feel about this one? Yeah, no, I love the strings on this one. Actually, hats off to the composer because this song is just like, it's great, man. I love the style, the genre, the the heat. It's sounds like he's mixing, kind of missing, you know, like genres here and there, yeah. different sounds that wouldn't normally go together, and just the overall production is is killer, really good. This OST legitimately just blew me away. Like I was <laughs> yeah. not expecting this. You know, typically I'll I'll download a game. Typically a game that I'm not familiar with, but I found this randomly while just browsing the internet. I don't even know why I came across it or how, but I immediately had to play it. But even with that in mind, it was like, well, how good could it possibly be? I never even heard of this game. I just stumbled across it, and then this happened. Yeah. Little did you know. Little did I know. <laughs> no, it's like you got to tell the world. You got to tell everybody. <laughs> I got to tell everybody, and rest assured, I've been trying to. <laughs> It's like they took the best elements of Streets of Rage and Final Fight and meshed them into one colorful baby, yeah. and and with music like this backing it up, it's it sounds like it really like it kind of like brings up the intensity and like maybe even like tells its own story like throughout like the gameplay. It does. It's very cool. Like there'll be a level where you know something tragic happens and your character's like fighting in the rain mm-hmm. to in in light of the tragedy, and the music is a perfect accompaniment to the situation at hand like it only plays on that level which means that it's not just some throwaway track that's just made to play on any random stage right, it's right. for that stage it's like they said they, I feel like like is it the same developer who was also doing the composing no it's two guys one guy composed it which is the was Gonzalo Varela and there was another guy that made the game I think it was like Sebastian Garcia wow they're both from I think they're from Uruguay hmm. um, but it's just god this game is just this is authentic 
goodness. Yeah. And if you, especially in the sense if you're coming from an era where like, the whole age we were talking about today, you know, classic beat em ups, you know, you have your punch button, your special moves, like Streets of Rage, you had your three specials, you had your standing, your right. moving, and your jumping, typically, or whatever. This game has that. It has weird anti-air combos, and like, <laughs> they made the throws fluid. It has oh, that roll yeah. from Streets of Rage 3 where you could change lanes without uh, having to, like, dash. And- oh, that's cool. Yeah, I liked, um, I like how in, in, in a lot of beat-em-ups, like, uh, to do throws, you just kind of, like, kind of walk into them, or you could just kind of, like, slide into, like, their vertical plane. Yeah, that yeah. still exists. So if you, that's how you get the grab going. Right. But, like, say, for example, you're just doing, like, a typical combo, like, pow, 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 pow. If you hold up while you're punching, yeah. you end with a throw forward. If you hold down, you end with a throw backwards. Oh, okay. So there's no like timing and press at the same time to throw. It it's just, just very happens. like fluid with directional. It's very. Oh, fluid. I like that. Yeah, yeah. We, wow. Is that because that um, co-op like couch co-op? Yeah. Sweet. Three players, which is also unknown. I heard of for a home beat 'em up to me. Yeah. You're making me sad, man, because I I don't have a Windows PC at home, so and I really want to play this game, so. I don't gotta know if I'm going to be able to sleep tonight, man. Got to find that friend in Mooch. Well, you got to keep telling people about it so that he can, you know, earn enough money to, to maybe port it. That is true. I'm hoping <laughs> yes. to port Switch, Mac. Yeah, that'd be cool on Switch. Mm, it would be good. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to pull um, this track down, and we're going to get into a part of the show we call the bonus round. Bonus round. Crash. <laughs> um, the, yeah, that's what we do. Uh, the bonus round's the part of the show where we play covers and remixes based on our theme. Um, and our theme is beat-em-ups, but we also have a musical guest. So I asked uh, Masochist to bring some of his um, his own original tr- music, if, if he so pleases. So can you uh, maybe tell us what you brought and what went into it? Yeah, definitely. Well, um, this track is, let me see, I got The Lost Ones, mm-hmm. and um, it's off of my EP, um, that I re- released recently, and it was uh, I had actually gone to I gone to a Depeche Mode concert. Oh yeah, come back home, and I was like, you know what? I need to write something like kind of sad sounding, emotive sounding, and and this just this track just came out. This was you know literally just me, you know, after a Depeche Mode concert, all like you know emo <laughs> and stuff, and I was like, you know what? And and it just. I almost didn't release it, and um, yeah, and I was like, you know what? Let me put it out. And uh, this is also the first time that I recorded drums at home. Mm. Um, my home, I got a little setup going on, so it was it was also kind of like a test to see if I could kind of get that sounding decent. So, oh, okay. um, but yeah, yeah. So is this a uh, is this is this an acoustic drum set or is this a electronic drum kit? Acoustic drum set. Oh man, this me are... play. Yeah, and you mic'd that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did, and that's uh, that's lo- loads of fun. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah, Depeche-inspired rhythmic genius should not be hidden; it should be shared. All right, I'm glad you did that. All right, well, let's let's give it a listen.
And that was The Lost Ones by Masochist. Thank you so much for bringing that on the show. I love that. Oh, thanks. I'm glad you dig it, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Really, really dig that. Those, those fills, like halfway through <laughs> the track, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this thanks. was gold, man. Like, I, like, I don't cry. But <laughs> it was an emotional song. It, 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 it was well enough. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man. That's what happened. Don't go to Depeche Mode concert, bro. That's what'll happen. <laughs> this, this this is the second time I've listened to it like really closely, and I'm hearing um, there's some extra like percussion. Was there like a hand clap or some other kind of like uh, electronic yeah. percussion on the second half? That's really cool. Um, yeah, they usually the way I'll compose them is I'll you know kind of do the beats electronically and then I'll kind of subtract what I don't want and then I'll oh, let me try that on the drums and yeah so yeah but I left in some claps and some you know some stuff in the background to kind of layer it and stuff so. no it works if it, it fit it fits so tightly I didn't like actually catch up the first time around because everything was was so tight together so do you have you are you uh, traditionally are you a drummer all this as well or yes before I even knew chiptune was a thing I was I've been a drummer since I was like 10 years old was in and out of actually in in and out of like rock and metal bands all oh. my life and um previously right before i started doing chiptune i went as a, i was in a band called another black day mm-hmm. we were signed to a small label out of south florida did some touring had a couple songs actually on the radio nice. and then about a year later broke up didn't work out and i was like you know what i need to do something so I had started mess- messing with Fruity Loops at the tail end of that, you know, like little beats here and there. And that's kind of what got me on the road to, to chiptune. And now I'm kind of like reincorporating what I used to do. And oh, you know, like I've been that. able to, to meet some other musicians and stuff and that, that do what I used to do as well, like metal and stuff. And so it's been nice. It's, you know, the chiptune community has been really good to me, the VGM community as well, you know, meeting people and getting to work with them and, and learning from them. So, oh, that's but yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, I was a drummer before I did any of this bleepy bloopy stuff <laughs> <laughs> but we love the bleep bloops <laughs> it's my oh, definitely kind of yeah not everybody though not everybody yeah. and you got to respect that you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's 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 a hard sell but you know people that dig it they you know they really really love it and you know yeah now um that kind of like especially with the live drums and that kind of emotional sound there's a there's a group called astro skeleton have you heard of them Oh, of course. Awesome, yeah. awesome group. Yeah. That awesome yeah, group. I feel like what you were doing with that track is kind of what I wanted out of like a lot of their like kind of like style of like, like building and building and building and building, but more fills. Gotcha. <laughs> need more yeah. Fills. <laughs> I, I need to give this band a try though. Yeah. I got Astro Skeleton. I played it like way yeah. early on the show. I think I played them on one of our Chiptune episodes. Well the name like that though, yeah. it just warrants it. Really, check. really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you heard of them. Yeah, I really like them. Um all right, so I am going into a cover. So this this is a little different. At first I wasn't sure where in the game this was from. So this is Final Fight, but this is not just Final Fight. This is a remix from the Amiga version of Final what? Fight. What? Yes. So the British love your Amiga. <laughs> um, this one is not composed by the uh, the Japanese composer, which I can't think of off the top of my head. This is composed by Julian Myers. So this is a completely different track yeah, even before com- the remix. Uh, yes. <laughs> so a completely different track uh, from Final Fight, um, the, the title track. And it's compo- it's remixed by Psylocke, I'm assuming, because that S is a five and that O is a degree symbol. <laughs> <laughs> and the mutant power is yeah, and whoever's yeah, right. Um, uh, time warp. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, this track is called "Lost in Time" uh, from Final Fight. 
composed by Psylocke. I got my screwdriver. Let's do this thing. This one was Lost in Time, a remix from Final Fight, remixed by Psylocke. So, yeah, really, really heavy, like, drums and big synths. Very, very much in the vein of um, uh, Power Drive 9000 that we covered in the, the driving episode. Uh, yeah, you were into this one, right? Yeah, that, was, that, <laughs> yeah. that was authentic groove. Yeah. I like it. 
Yeah, I like. Um, I feel like with the with the old like analog drum machines, like the kick drum and like the snare drum, get like a lot of love. But like with, with these kind of like throwback sounding type songs, it's the toms. There's electric toms. The do 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 do. Oh, it kills me. It I love you back that. To Miami Vice for yeah, whatever Miami reason. Vice, or even like a little bit of like a Mega Man, like boop 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 boop. Because it's not it's not a drum. It's like it's like a it's like a sine wave or a square wave that's like that's like pitched really hard and in a, in a, in a going down. You got roast beef. Rocks. I love that. I love that so much. Um, Definitely. That's a huge part of that sound. Definitely. Like the artists that, that nail that Tom, that classic eighties Tom <laughs> sound, dude, it's, it's so nice. Yeah. So nice. Get that, get that Phil Collins groove. <laughs> <Exactly>. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, I can't help it. I just love it. I we were just listening to ta, Phil Collins last night, actually. No, no, I'm sorry. Genesis, but, you, but Phil Collins. <laughs> um, all right. So for now, all right, well, between Masochist and Rob with their A-game here, I don't yeah. know what I'm working with today, but I like the track, and I'm good with it. No, I like what you brought. This is cool. <laughs> so we've had original composition. We've had – we pretty much had like a, a, a cover or a remix, rather. Yes. And now we have an arrangement in this case. So I think we've run the gamut this episode. Absolutely. Um, this is from the classic beat-em-up Double Dragon 2, and it's from an arranged album that was actually put out commercially. It is a arrangement of the Mission 1 theme from Double Dragon 2, and it's titled Unleashing the Vengeful Oni, because that's what they do. They unleash them. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
Nossa! Pessoal, They want you to know, man. They want you to yeah. know that they were getting down in them streets. This was not a game. <laughs> Unless you paid forty nine ninety nine, we'll acquire it. And then, then yeah. It's, it's well, like game. it gets so chill. And then like the saxophone comes in. And it's like, yeah. Digging mm. that. Oh, that stepped it up a notch big time, dude. <laughs> and then you're in a packing room with a conveyor belt and a guy who just won't give up. Yeah. And then you got people throwing chains and whips at you. That's right. <laughs> And they got weird, 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 weird kicks, and that's what they're saying. So that was um, an, orig- an official, com- uh, official Konami um, arrangement, uh, arranged uh, album for, for just Double Dragon 2, or was it for a series of Double Dragon games? Do you know? I believe, I think it was just Double Dragon 2, though. Wow. I'm surprised you said it was Konami? I'm pretty sure we, it was released by Konami. Like, that's, that like, is like so- this was an official arranged album. That makes it more amazing, because, I mean, I don't recall who released the game, but I know back in the day... Or maybe not Konami. It might have been... Technos. Technos Japan. And I believe in the States it was published by Trade West. Remember Trade West? (laughs) Oh, Um, my God. (laughs) But, like, yeah, like, this game... Back in the day, it was always the big... At least between my brother and I. I can't speak for everybody, but... Double Dragon 2 and River City Rants that came out around the exact same time. And they both entered our household on the exact same day. I had River City Ransom. Darn I Double Dragon 2. And we were always fighting about what was the better game, similar to how people fight about Nintendo versus Sega. Ooh. And I stand to this day believe that River City Ransom was the superior of the two. But thankfully, as a grown man, I realized I didn't actually have to choose at all. <laughs> like, you, they you've both matured great. enough. Yeah. <laughs> they can both be great. They can both be fine. Do, do, you, um, do you have any uh, memories of Double Dragon 2 or River City Ransom? Dude, that was one of my favorite Double Dragons. And, and yeah. it's funny because I... I recently went back to try and play it again and it's again it's just i don't know what like my game was on point when i was younger like yeah. now i can't hang with like <laughs> i don't know man but it's such a great game it's a classic oh, it i mean the, the the jump from from two to one from one to two was for me was was drastic so, graphics the the, the sound yeah. effects the music it was awesome the um yeah definitely in the gameplay too because you had like special moves and stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. they're so hard to pull off if i remember or pull off consistently I just feel like the entire concept of like Double Dragon was like that because I didn't do much with the arcade game because I'm not going to be that guy, but I didn't like the arcade Double Dragon one. Oh, I did not either. It was very slow. Then the, mm-hmm. then the NES yeah. version came out, and they completely flipped the yeah, they did something. Yeah, it was completely different. Yeah. yeah. It had like a leveling system, and you earned like, like, like moves later on during the game. Yeah, as you leveled yeah. up with the hearts, you got new moves yeah. and stuff like that, which was just amazing at the time. And then Double Dragon 2 came out. There was no level up system, but you came in with an array of moves, which was really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Double Dragon Three came out, and you had a guy named Chow, and that was. That was yeah, I don't know much I about Three. Yeah, um, me neither. Three was the one where basically, if you're saying you had trouble with two as an adult, don't even try three because three is just <laughs> you had three characters, but you had to earn the other two as you played the game. And they all had one life apiece. So if you lost a guy, he's gone for good. <laughs> you have to beat all the stages like that, and the game is oh, way wow. harder than the previous ones. It's ridiculous. But, but they, but they teamed up with Battletoads, and then everyone... Yeah, fine. you bring up Battletoads, and everyone just sobs. <laughs> like That one isn't even about... I'm going to turn you on this game. We're going to play this together. You'll, you'll never convert. No. Okay, i got to tell him, because he's not aware. So... I never played Battletoads as a child, so Nintendo Power was a thing, and I read about it, and the levels looked really cool, there was a snake tunnel, and whoa, bats, kick them, all that stuff, and then 
I just let it put, let it stay back in time. And then years and years later, a friend and I started a YouTube show called Pernell and Matt Play Games, originally called Hard Games, because it was about beating difficult games from childhood and see how they measure up as adults. People kept saying, play Battletoads, play Battletoads, it was so difficult. And I thought I was going to be in for a treat because of how much people talk this game up. Uh, a glitchy mess. It is a glitchy mess. Very just awkward to play. Everything was wrong. Great level concepts. Yeah. But and poor execution. Great music. Great music, great animation, just poor execution all across the board. It drove me nuts. <laughs> And we had to film the episode twice because Matt lost all the footage. That, that's funny. I did not know that. It just made it hurt that much more. <laughs> we were done that episode. I went on and said, I'm never playing this no. game again. Yeah, I was determined to speed run this game. And so I did nothing but play Battletoads for hours, like day after day after day. Oh, I, never wow. got to, I never got through, but I got pretty far. I think when we finally said no more, we had gotten to the tur- like there's a tunnel where you kind of have to like tilt it and like electric orbs are chasing you yeah, through it. Yeah, and that yeah, was that's where that's we just that's said, at the very very end. Yeah, yeah, we stopped there. Yeah, but the turbo tunnel. <laughs> oh god, there was so much frustration with that. <laughs> you well, clip through the ledges. Yeah, you do. You can jump over the ledges. Yeah, you, you jump into them. Like, literally jump into the ledge. Like, how does that work? This level's hard enough already, and it glitches, too. Maybe you're just bad. No, maybe you're wrong. <laughs> I was good. The game was bad. No, the, ch- the children are wrong. <laughs> the children um, are wrong. All right. So for more information on the bonus round part of the show, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to um, SoundClouds, Bandcamps, um, everywhere where you can buy the music and support the artists. Um, I want to thank you for joining us on episode 11-2 of Rhythm and Pixels. Our focus, our, this is kind of our second focus on beat-em-ups, brawlers, and beat-downs. Just outright haberdashery with the fists. <laughs> and I want to, again, thank um, our guest Masochist for coming on the show and, and sharing some of his favorite music with us. Thank you. Thank you for guys for having me, and uh, I appreciate it. Had a good time with the guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. You were an awesome guest. So much entertaining <laughs> chat that we had here today. Yeah, um, and also your picks were awesome, too. Like, like I mean, I was hoping you, you would bring some amazing music, but you brought some, cl- like, not just classics, but, like, really good deep cuts with uh, the Thanks, Ninja Warriors. Man. Really good stuff. Yeah, no, I, I knew I had to bring my A game with you guys. So, you know, <laughs> when you guys hit me up and I checked out your previous podcast, I was like, these guys know their stuff, man. I got I got to come with my A game, so... <laughs> I'm glad I made. I, I'm glad I, uh, I I passed the test. <laughs> Would you say they were heavy hitters? <laughs> oh, oh, I'll be here all week, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, will you want to tell um, will you, uh, tell our audience a little bit more about like where they can find your music or maybe where you're uh, performing live next? Um, I don't have any upcoming shows, but right now, um, you can find me on you know best places Twitter. Look me up, Masicus, Masikus, M A S I K U S. Same name on SoundCloud, on Bandcamp, um, and I'm currently um, I'm currently getting ready to record live drums actually for a buddy of mine, Mega Beardo, who's recording a, a Castlevania metal remix album. Cool. Um, no release date on that yet, but um, I'm working on that, and then I'll be releasing some new stuff, you know, remixes and 
chiptune stuff and uh again early in the stages but yeah just uh, hit me up on twitter and uh yeah i'll i'll, I'll update you guys as i know what's going on so well, awesome. awesome check it out and as we come to the end of our episode, I want to thank our uh, Patreon um, subscribers. Uh, thank you very much for supporting the show. I want to thank Alex, the messenger. I want to thank Matthew McDowell. I want to thank Morton Gangso, Enric Anderson, Chris Murray, uh, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, and Brian Pitt. All spectacular people who make this that much more fun to do. Yeah, and they, they help uh, they help pay the bills, the file storage, keep the these digital lights keep on. these lights on, the digital lights on. <laughs> uh, but we really nice. appreciate that. Um, and if you would like to get in contact with us, you can send us an email. Rhythm and Pixels at Hotmail.com. And if you would like for more information about the show and a full track listing, go to the website. RhythmandPixels.com. And you can see us on um, all the social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's Rhythm and Pixels. Um, all one word generally is how it is. But you just hit it in Google or hit it wherever you're at and, and you'll pick us up there and wave hello. And we'll just drive by waving, waving right back at you. Sometimes with a smile <laughs> and a Coke because we get thirsty. And we are nearing um, the end of the second year of Rhythm and Pixels. Not the end of the show, but the, the, the moving on to wow. our third year. Yeah. Have no fears. We have episodes for years. <laughs> Maybe. And also, um, coming in two weeks, we're going to have our second podcast anniversary. So that means that Pernell and I are going to pick our top five, maybe top ten tracks of the whole year. In order, maybe, you have maybe. no idea how hard that's going to be for me. I'm terrible. I'm that guy who does surveys and just picks the highest and the lowest number. <laughs> so I, <laughs> the rate and order, oh mercy. But um, but yeah, I, my first three are were immediate right away. I knew what they were. Mm-hmm. But um, so you just chose one this episode. <laughs> how could you know? We'll have um, we'll have more information on on kind of the rules around that. So if you want to pick your own favorites and let us know your favorites from the past year. Um, or maybe take some guesses of what ours would be because um, we definitely ha- we definitely have our own um, uh, uh, tastes in music that shine through the show. Maybe even some audio cues that we don't even realize we put out when we like something very much. I don't know. Yeah, but um, but definitely just just let us know. And if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere like that, hit the subscribe button. It's really helpful for other people to help find the show and not just listen to us, but listen and discover. Um, this great music that we like to like to find. And random thing to just lump in here because I'm really weird about it. And that eventually someday, forever and a day version idea that I want to do Twitch at some point. If you have any ideas for a game you'd want us to play. Because the sky's the limit yeah, and so, I'm in the dirt. So I have idea. <laughs> so we're looking for um, uh, game topics and game ideas uh, for us uh, just to get in and play. So Pernell will be having the controller, and I will be making fun of Pernell. Which is how it goes, because <laughs> I I genuinely get angry. Or like, like, <laughs> I have some ideas, actually, but we can talk about that later. Okay. Uh, but for now, um, this has been the Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks again, uh, Masochus. Thank you. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Thank you, and genuinely, have a great week. And remember, sometimes, you, never, you might never even need, let's be blunt, but sometimes... When things hit the fan, rubber hits the road, you might have to be fit. <laughs> it's going to count when it needs to happen. So, yeah, physical fitness, working out, unless you have a direct taste for it, it's never necessarily fun, but it's doable. And there are actually strange ways to get into shape or at least start on it. 
that you don't even realize might exist. Like lately, I've taken to just punching and kicking the air while listening to music that relates to beat em ups. <laughs> it's become an odd thing that I want no one to ever see me do in person. But <laughs> you can do it. It gets the heart rate up, gets you physically fit, and you never know. That time where that jerk bag, you know, Jay Kleisen decides he wants to run into your house and take your girl. You want to be ready to go to town or offer him a nice blended milkshake, whichever works best for you. But the important part is you want to cover all your bases. So be physically fit. Take a step. It's fun. 